the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Looking for strategies to help you protect your portfolio in these uncertain times? Visit RobBlack.com. RobBlack.com. Powered by EP Wealth. Welcome to March Madness, Wall Street style. It's already been quite a march. It's very dramatic. Um, Lots of ups and lots of downs. Not a lot of direction. I would say trending lower due to what happened with Silicon Valley Bank, due to what happened with higher interest rates aimed at fighting inflation, but ultimately breaking something. You ever go on a sweet vacation and your kids break something? You're like, oh, vacation's over. You know, the reality sets back in. The higher interest rates are breaking things, and it's pretty obvious that I'm not going to say it's not the bank's fault. The Fed is fighting inflation that they got behind, way behind on. And then they made some kind of aggro masculine moves, 75 BIPs, basis points, BPS, BIPs, get it, Um, in big chunks. When banks were assuming we've never seen that before, therefore we can plan as if we've planned in the past. Will other things break? I think likely. Credit Suisse just unleashed a nightmare for the Fed and the ECB when it came out with a second big bank, bigger bank than Silicon Valley Bank, to be quite honest with you, um, as a massive failure. Credit Suisse suffered its worst day on record, sending the stock plummeting 22% yesterday. The bank's bonds are also crashing. Investors are paying for insurance on its bonds at rates not seen since the global financial crisis. Investors call into question the solvency of one of Europe's biggest banks. The safety and soundness of the entire global system is once again a big question mark that the Fed has to be looking at. The once difficult job now facing Federal Reserve Chair Jay Powell and his central banking colleagues just became a seemingly impossible dilemma. Do you continue to fight interest rates? I'm sorry, excuse me. Do you continue to fight inflation? via raising interest rates and tightening in credit markets, or do you battle a new banking crisis that poses a systemic risk? Um, this one will play out fast. Am I going to all cash? No. Am I changing my portfolio to ever so slightly into rallies? A little bit. Will I be fully invested this time next year? Probably. Am I mostly fully invested now? Yes. Um, I feel like I made my big decisions uh, in 2022. And now it's just a matter of tinkering. What to watch day? Building permits, housing starts, initial jobless claims in the Philly Fed Manufacturing Survey. It's quite a day. No. Are Credit Suisse's problems related to Silicon Valley Bank? No. Credit Suisse has been in the bad place for years due to mismanagement and scandals. When many clients yanked their money out of the bank last year, Credit Suisse posted its biggest annual loss 
since the 2008 financial crisis. Unlike Silicon Valley Bank, which catered to a niche client base of startups, the 167-year-old Credit Suisse is much more influential. If you're a bank, now's not a good time to show weakness. Silicon Valley Bank's collapse woke up Mama Bear. The Credit Suisse went and poked it. March is mad. Big headlines out there. U.S. demands TikTok to be sold. The Biden administration has threatened to ban TikTok unless its Chinese owner ByteDance sells the app. The company has been trying to appease the U.S. by coming to an agreement to add new data safeguards to the app. But the government's committee on foreign investment in the United States has now rejected those plans. This could be a big win for Facebook or Meta. It could be a big win for Snap. It could be a big win for YouTube's Google. With that out there, when I make a bet, you know, I'm telling you, honestly, Google looks attractive on its own right now. I don't think ChatGPT is going to completely 100% wipe out Google in any way, shape, or form. Ryan Reynolds. Ryan Reynolds. Ryan Reynolds. First of all, he's married to Blake Lively. Jealous. Second, T-Mobile announced yesterday it's buying Mint Mobile. The mobile carrier partially owned by the actor. Didn't they have a vodka as well? Like, isn't this a little bit too much of a good thing for a relatively, okay, incredibly attractive man? Such good fortune shines on him. 2019, Reynolds bought a stake in Mint Mobile, which sells budget phone plans for as little as $15 a month. He starred in a series of funny ads on commercials for the company. Like any adult trying to monetize the skills they learned from the arts, the marketing was his best way into the business world. When you're an actor, you're incredibly good looking, you make hit movie after hit movie. People will buy your stupid phone plan. People buy your stupid vodka. Having acquired Metro PCS in 2013 and merged with Sprint in 2020, T-Mobile is betting that Reynolds, who will stay on as a creative role and probably continue as charisma with the company ads. Interesting. No, no. Other big stories of note. Chat GPT four. It's pretty impressive. No one should be worried about getting replaced in their job by OpenAI's Chat GPT four. It's just out there for about two days now. It's shown the new generation of its famed AI engine. And didn't we just kind of introduce ourselves to Chat GPT three? It turned a, uh, what can Chat PTT 4 do? It can turn a hand-drawn sketch on a napkin into a functional website. One user had it generate recipes based on a photo of some groceries. Another user said it got to recreate code for the arcade game Pong in less than a minute. It can help Duolingo language learners practice their conversation skills. Stripe has its advising developers on technical matters. So Stripe is a credit card payment, uh, not credit card payment, uh, payment processor. Um, 
Khan Academy was clearly impressed by ChatGPT's fours potential to get the top score on some AP exams. The education nonprofit is launching a pilot to have the chatbot tutor students and help teachers and plan lessons. Oh, boy, that's kind of exciting. Marvel Studios is suing Google and Reddit to find out who leaked the Ant-Man and Wasp Quantumania script before the movie premiered. Uh, can't say that's exciting to me at all, can I? NASA got a photo of a star that's about to go supernova, which makes it a death star. 22 new books to read this spring um, include a new one by Tom Hanks. Can't say that's terribly exciting. I'm a little bit out of um, uh, fiction reads or non-business reads these days. I need to get back into it. Um, I guess if you were to say what's something that I'm looking forward to in the world of literature. 30. You could probably find maybe The New Earth by Jess Rowe. Um, Greek Lessons by Hane King. I don't know. I don't have much on a reading list right now. It's something I need to focus on over the weekend, maybe. You can find me online at Rob Black Show, Twitter Rob Black Show, YouTube Rob Black Show. I'm Rob Black. Thanks for listening. Brought to you by EP Wealth. This is the Rob Black Show. So I did something kind of goofy yesterday. Went to a bar to celebrate St. Patrick's Day, sort of. I'm not terribly Irish. I've got some Irish English slash Scottish in me. Bit of a mutt of a family tree. But uh, came in third place in, in trivia. In green trivia. So I won something like $52. <laughs> it was pretty funny. Um, it was all trivia on St. Patrick's Day, and I don't know much, but I guess I do more than most is what it comes down to. St. Patrick's Day by the numbers. $6.9 billion in the United States this year falls on a Friday. Holy mackerel to be 21, 22, 23, 24 years old again. It is such a fun day. St. Patrick introduced Christianity to Ireland in the 5th century. That goes back more than a couple years. It's involved as a day to embrace Irish food, music, and the Emerald Isle's signature color. Americans planning to celebrate are expected to drop a collective $6.9 billion this year. $6.9 billion. That's a stimulus to the economy. That's a billion dollars more than they spent on the holiday last year. The number breaks down to per adult $43.84 on average. I just like it when people are happy. As I'm getting older, I just don't understand the anger in America. We have so many thing, good things to look forward to, like the sunrise today. Women are outspending men. This is one that I guess I understand. Uh, food, apparel, decorations, and greeting cards. I'm just in it for the green beer. Most St. Patrick. Most St. Patrick. Most St. Patty. St. Patty. Can I call him St. Patty? I guess I can because it's my show, not yours. Uh, most of us will wear green tomorrow. Some of us will make a special dinner. 
Some will decorate their homes. 26% will decorate their homes. We used to do this thing, and I'm not going to say we're going to do it this year. But when the children were smaller, we'd pretend uh, they would set leprechaun traps out. And they would try to get the pot of gold, which here's a fun fact for you. How much is that pot of gold worth? Uh, I don't have a number for you. <laughs> so it's close to like $2 million is, is what I remember. And I don't Oh, it's 1.84 million. There it is. There is an increase of 174% in beer sales tomorrow. 31 million Americans claim Irish ancestry, second only to German. And that's six times the population of Ireland. Sadly, of note, um, get an Uber or Lyft. 37 people will be killed, probably due to drunk driving based on history. It's tragic. There's a thing called Uber and Lyft now. Just throwing it down for those of you who choose to imbibe and celebrate. Um, Generation Z and millennial drinkers are two times more likely to buy hard seltzers for St. Patrick's Day. So hard seltzers are still a thing. Um, Beer is most popular pick by far. 70% of revelers plan to drink alcohol, choosing suds of wheat and barley and thus it brews into beer, right? It's not a hard alcohol kind of day, which just throwing it down there for you. Oh, and let me just be honest with you, because this is a show about honesty and spending money and getting saving money and earning money and investing money and getting to retirement. I'm not a Guinness drinker. It's an odd thing to say out loud. It's an odd thing to admit to. Just not a Guinness drinker. Let's move back towards Wall Street, shall we? So that I don't anger you too much with my St. Patrick's Day statistics. We have a slightly weaker day today, but it's moving positive. This time next week, we're going to be through the Fed meeting. And the Fed meeting will determine. On one hand, the Fed is fighting inflation and raising interest rates, and they're still stubbornly high inflation. We saw that. With a decrease in inflation in the CPI and the PPI, but still, eh, if that number were were for the year, we would be very upset with it. And annual increases are still high. They're coming down. They're just not coming down fast and furious. Fast and furious. 14. Everyone's in a wheelchair. They've souped up their wheelchairs to do a race, though. That'll eventually happen, right? Some of those actors, at least half their movie credits have to be Fast and Furious movies. Nope. On the other hand, the Fed it has to be seeing that banks are having problems. And banks lend money. And lending is the lifeblood of the U.S. economy, the world economy. And banks are having problems lending money. And they're going to get tighter and tighter now. So maybe by the Silicon Valley Bank and Credit Suisse getting really tight, creating tight scenarios in the United States and the world, maybe that'll be enough to create a disinflationary environment. I wish I could tell you what the Fed would do. I can't. I can barely tell you what I'm going to do later this afternoon for lunch. 
I can tell you, um, it's a mixed market today. You've seen some winners, some losers, like Meta, slightly down. Airbnb, NVIDIA, slightly up. You can't really pick a trend on this alone today, in my opinion. Today is a little bit like Forrest Gump. It's a box of chocolates. Life is like a box of chocolates. You never know what you're going to get. For the record, I think dumbest movie ever made. And that's going against the like, attack of the killer tomatoes. But that's just me. And I don't want to read the new Tom Hanks book in any way, shape, or form. So Meta should be rallying today on the news that the U.S. might ban TikTok if its owners don't sell their stakes. One minute. Is that kind of interesting? I think that's the story. I think that's the one underneath the story today. Initial jobless claims for the week ending March 11th decreased by 20,000 to Key takeaway on the economic data today is initial claims were back below 200,000, reflecting a very tight labor market, meaning the Fed, on that one hand, should be raising interest rates. Because tight labor equals wage inflation. Wage inflation is a problem when it's too hot. We want Goldilocks not too hot, not too cold. 2 to 4% is where we like to fall. You can find me online at Rob Black Show, Twitter Rob Black Show, YouTube Rob Black Show. Happy St. Patty's Day for those who celebrate tomorrow. What's the best way to choose a financial advisor? Download our guide at robblack.com. That's robblack.com. Powered by EP Wealth. I was reading this morning about Wi-Fi 7 standards. Ooh, it's exciting to be me, isn't it? You're like, did you fall asleep? Like, you probably have this image of me like a big fireplace and a mech mansion or something like that. And the reality is, is at three in the morning, I'm reading about standards on new Wi-Fi. Figure out if there's any investment angles for us. How much of a difference is it? Standards aren't even set. And yet companies like Netgear are still selling Wi-Fi 7 uh, gear at Best Buy. Part of my job. I got to stay on top of this stuff for you. Money does buy happiness. So says research. A new study seems to contradict the theory that happiness eventually plateaus as wealth rises. Uh, Not everyone gets happy as their income increases. But the unhappiest group of people in America start to plateau when they hit about $100,000. Researchers have concluded that the average emotional well-being generally rose until people hit between 60 and 90,000. Then it starts to flatten off, but it's way better than being poor, according to the study. In the low range of incomes, unhappy people gain more from increased income than happier people do. The trend is reversed for higher incomes, where very happy people gain much more from increased income than unhappy people do. I don't know. Um, For me, it was about, I don't know, my happiness in life is... It's come with age. It's come with appreciation. It's come with children. It's come with limited time on this planet. Larry Fink of BlackRock is warning of slow rolling crisis as Fed's inflation fight drags on for years. In his latest annual letter to shareholders, 
BlackRock co-founder CEO Larry Fink warned his firm's investors that the Federal Reserve's aggressive interest rate hikes were the first domino to fall in what could be a slow rolling crisis, similar to the other spectacular financial flameouts. This isn't good. He is a wealthy man who controls a lot of money. He is not stupid. His money is smart. Fink said that he expects inflation will be far more difficult to expunge than the Fed's current projections suggest as broader issues like deglobalization and isolationism take their toll. He said he expects inflation to stay closer to 35 to 4% during the coming years. The February Consumer Price Index, the CPI that was released on Tuesday, showed the year-over-year inflation rate slowed to 6% last month from 6.4% the prior month. And he thinks soon expected to play around 35 to 4%, but not down to 2%. In the UK, guilts plunged last fall following the announcement of a significant unfunded tax cut. We saw how swiftly markets react when investors lose faith in their government, he said. I kind of did forget that story. So I like Larry Fink. He's not an attractive man. He's not a good-looking man. When it comes to money, he is a very smart man. Warren Buffett is another man that we talk about on a regular basis on this show. I think we can learn a lot from looking at the actions of Warren Buffett. He's a little bit of a goofball. He plays the ukulele. He drinks soda. He has no shame in his lifestyle of underwhelming. He's a really good saver. Savings are now below pre-pandemic levels in the United States, and living paycheck to paycheck has become the norm for many. He wants people to save early and eagerly. Saving is a habit. That's the phrase that I want you to walk away with the segment with. Saving is a habit. He doesn't like the Lambos in his neighbor's driveways. And when I say Lambos, I'm talking Lamborghinis. If money is no object, what car would you drive? Mercedes, a Bentley, a Marinello, a Lamborghini. I'm okay with frugal cars. I'm okay keeping a car until it gets embarrassing. When the car is embarrassing, it's time to get a new car. That's what his daughter said in a documentary. I don't want to have a license plate that says thrifty on it. But for my spouse, if she had one that said B-A-G-L-8-0, I'd be fine. And yes, for those of you with visual dyslexia, um, also known as surface dyslexia, something that I uh, work through. <sighs> That's bad, lady. Luxury cars can cost more to maintain and insure than economy cars. So not only do you have to fork it over for the purchasing price, but you have to fork it over for the insurance on the vehicle as well. He believes in buying quality and value. Um, me too. I, I can't say I always stick to that. But he'll keep a car until it becomes embarrassing. And he'd rather buy something that he holds on to. He believes that price is what you pay. Value is what you get. That's something you could write down on a napkin and do well in life. 
So <clears throat> he likes income stocks. I like income stocks. When I was younger, I liked growth stocks, but I would trade them at times. I would rent them. Oh, this is a funny phrase that I haven't used in years. There's some stocks that are meant to be rentals versus owners. If a company isn't paying a dividend and doing share buybacks, I consider them rentals um, on some level. Now, that's not across the board, always hallelujah, Bible verse number four. It's not written in stone, but I do like a nice dividend. I do like to have some income. So that in the last 15 months, I feel like I can look at my portfolio and tell you that I made X amount of dollars in income in the last year. And you're like, my portfolio went down 10%. You're thinking the wrong way. At some point, you have to have your portfolio working for you because you're not going to work till the day you die. Hopefully, you die at 99 on St. Patrick's Day in an Uber peacefully sleeping after a good day out celebrating. That's my hope. I don't want to be 99. So net worth of median household is basically nothing. So it says Carl Icahn. He got on CNBC this week and he is he is hot. He is hot, hot. He's like four flame emojis hot. When he talks, I listen. He's one of those people that Trump wants to be a New Yorker with an attitude who's rich and successful on his own doing. He's a very smart business person. He's the co-founder of Icon Enterprises. He says that his investment portfolio is set up for more pain in the U.S. economy. So we got Larry Fink and Carl Icahn saying things aren't looking great out there. His rate hikes are intended to cool economic growth by raising borrowing costs and tamping down demand. But the ill effects of those interest rate increases appear to be surfacing in pockets of the economy. Let's start with Silicon Valley Bank and Signature Bank. Those institutions have raised concerns about the ability of companies and money center financial institutions to operate effectively in the suddenly higher rate regime. For the record, I want to go back and say one more thing before we finish with Carl Icahn. Post 50, I really cared about income in my portfolio. So I can say in the last 15 months, I'm stoked. I'm, I'm fine. My portfolio is generating dividends and income that I want it to. So when I hit 60 and I retire or I stop working for money, it's doing what it's supposed to be doing. Pre-50, I love down markets. They're the best time to buy stocks. They're the best time to accumulate more. My 401k does better work in down markets than it does in up markets. The year that we had 70 new highs in the S&P 500, I felt like I was always buying high in the stock market. And I was because it was consistently at a higher level. So if we go back to that year, 2021, are my 401k investments working for me? In dividends, they are. Are they working for me in capital appreciation? No. I haven't got much from them except for more shares that are contributing to dividends. So back to Carl Icahn. So again, younger, I like down markets. Older I get, I like the income from my portfolios from the time that I bought in down markets. I'm not negative. You cannot pin that on me. Pin that on the donkey. Eeyaw. 
Oh, that was the trivia question I missed. How could I miss that one last night? It was what movie had a donkey in it that won an Academy Award. And it was that whole Irish movie. And I'm at an Irish bar on an Irish trivia night. And I was like, everything, everywhere, all at once. So that took me out of first place for sure. Uh Oh, Um, I didn't see that. One minute. Angie's of Israel or whatever it was. The media net worth for American Family says says Carl Icahn stands around $121,000. That's up 18% from the previous survey in 2016. 56% of Americans would be unable to cover an unexpected $1,000 bill um, with their savings. It's not good. We're in the midst of more layoffs, although I call it right-sizing with tech companies versus layoffs in America. Companies like Meta Platforms way overhired in the previous two years trying to hoard talent without jobs for them to perform so the right sizing is okay in my mind there but yeah that does affect um spending no doubt no doubt no doubt about it you can find me online at rob black show twitter rob black show youtube rob black show i'm rob black visit the rob black show online at robblackshow.com listen to archive podcasts market updates and information from ep wealth certified financial planners online at robblackshow.com there's a headline in usa today today was Silicon Valley Bank too woke? <clears throat> it's a term I find stupid, and we should just move on from it. Um, we're too caught up in labeling people who aren't us. Republicans are blaming the nation's second largest bank failure on corporate wokeness, not lax regulation, ill-fated business decisions, or panic customers. Do you know what caused Silicon Valley Bank to implode? It was lax regulation. It was stupid business decisions and it was panicked customers. In fact, I think we're going to have to figure out what to do with this one because it is so easy to do a run on the bank now. And let's say hypothetically, I don't like XYZ Bank. And that could be Bank of America. It could be Wells Fargo. It could be Silicon Valley Bank. But in this example, we're going to say it's XYZ Bank. And let's say I get on CNBC and I go, hey, I've heard rumors that their XYZ bank has got corporate wokeness and that customers are fleeing quickly because they're all drunk in the boardroom. And the next thing you know, everyone's pulling their money out or some people are. It makes a big headline the next day in the Wall Street Journal. XYZ bank sees mass deposits uh, flee. And then it comes to fruition that more people see that and they're like, I don't want to lose my money, even though it's insured. Even though we know with the precedent set with Silicon Valley Bank, the United States government will make insurers above FDIC limits whole. There's going to be a cost for that because it's insurance. It's something that's sold to the bank. The bank has to pass those costs on to you at some point. But I think there could be some really negative ramifications of what we just saw with Silicon Valley Bank. And what have we learned that XYZ Bank that I I trash on CNBC, you know, has it breaks its bank covenants and ultimately gets taken over by the Federal Reserve and the stock goes to zero. What if in a couple of years from now we find out that Rob shorted the stock before he went on CNBC? 
this is something we're going to have to figure out because the tech bros, um, they all got together and said Thursday last week, one week ago, let's get our money the heck out of this bank before it implodes. And if they didn't pull their deposits quickly and fast and in large numbers, Silicon Valley Bank probably could have got a loan to cover their their covenants of the poorly ill-advised timing of a business decision to go with treasury bonds instead of cash, mortgage-backed securities instead of cash. Um, Their deposits weren't very safe in a higher interest rate environment that most bank managers have never, ever seen. And when I talk about managers, I'm talking about portfolio managers. There was no risk officer there for much of last year at Silicon Valley Bank. So I'm not I'm not buying this wokeness angle. And you're, you're probably going spoken like a true woke, woke Californian. Maybe, maybe. I'm saying lax regulation or the Trump administration, I think, poorly said, you know, it's a smaller bank. Smaller banks don't need to be watched as much as bigger banks. So we got caught up in this too big to fail angle and we started labeling what is big and what is small. And according to regulators, Silicon Valley Bank was small, even though it's the 16th large, even though we're freaking out about it. I think ill-fated business decisions and I think panicked customers, including the tech bros who all got together and said, let's get the heck out of here. Even though they were all made whole, it didn't have to happen. So I'm just not buying the co- uh, corporate wokeness angle. And I just think it's a silly way to label people. I don't know, but we like labels. Do we not? We do. We do. Other things to hit on markets have started pricing in the fed rate cuts of 75 basis points by the end of the year. So it seems like the fed wants to, and this is just me talking. This is not true fact or anything like that. It's just my opinion. Seems that the fed wants to break inflation, even at the cost of breaking the economy. And in history, we're going to remember this as it didn't have to play out like that. But again, as a guy who's wealthy, I don't feel inflation as much as someone who's living paycheck to paycheck. As a guy who judges his portfolio by how much income it it generates, I I don't judge, you know, current scenarios on why is the market going sideways to down? Willow has been canceled at Disney after one season. Holy mackerel. Was that not the worst movie ever? And then the worst TV series followed it. All of the same name. I guess people want it. The 1988 cult classic directed by Ron Howard to somehow be less of a gamble and more of a nostalgia trip. Uh, I don't know. I have not seen one single positive review of the TV show. So we got that going on. 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Uh, why? I believe you should buy everything you can on a credit card, provided you meet the one condition that you pay off your balance and never carry a balance. There, I've said it. Um, I look down on people who use debit cards in stores. Now, if I'm standing in line behind you, you might get a talking to if I see you whip out a debit card. 
The one big downfall on credit cards is high interest rates, and I just don't think you can use them. But the rewards are amazing if you get a good, you know, Capital One's venture rewards, 75,000 miles. Chase Inc. business, $900 cash back. I am not against the rewards. I'm not against, uh, I've got a Verizon credit card that does my groceries at 4% cash back. 30. Not cash back, but credit towards my Verizon bill. 4% off on gas. Gas doesn't cost me $5 a gallon. It cost me $5 a gallon at 4% off. You get the idea. I got a Sapphire card for travel and hotels. I've got a cashback card on everything else at 2%. Find me online at Rob Black Show, Twitter Rob Black Show, YouTube Rob Black Show. I'm Rob Black. For more information about EP Wealth, visit robblack.com. That's robblack.com. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.